Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, listeners. Welcome to a new episode of my podcast. I hope you're doing well today. Are you doing well? Are you all right? I hope so. So, this new episode, I'm actually videoing myself at the same time as recording the audio for this. So, you can choose. You can choose to listen to the audio in the normal way, or you can choose to watch the video version as well if you want. And I'll tell you some more things about that in just a second. Um, as well as just doing the video, you know, you can see my face, um, which uh, is that an advantage? Is that a, a plus point? I don't know. You can, there's more. You can see my hands and the, some people like the, vid- the visual side of things. Uh, but anyway, as well as that, I'm also going to be sharing my screen and looking at some notes and text on the screen um, while going through this episode. And in fact, I'm going to start doing that now. So I'm going to start sharing my screen here. I'm sharing a portion of my screen. Okay, good. And if you are watching the video, you'll see some notes. These notes will also be available on the page for this episode on my website if you would like to read them. Anyway, so let's get started then. The title of this episode, I think the title is going to be Let's Play Another Text Adventure Game, Zombie Survival. So let's just have some fun in this episode and also work on your English a bit. I'm going to play another text adventure game. And text adventure games, well, I've done a few of these before on the podcast. Long-term listeners might remember the previous ones I've done have been the Victorian Detective series. These are all available on a text adventure website called textadventures.co.uk. I'll tell you a bit more about that in a moment. But text adventures are great, especially, I think, for learning English. Now, for my videos and for my podcast and stuff, I would love to do more normal gaming, you know, um, live streaming of playing video games, like proper up-to-date video games and stuff. Uh, But I just don't have the setup for that. I'm not really able to do that at the moment. But that's okay, because from time to time, I can play um, text adventures. And now that I'm sharing my screen, you can read the text with me. So text adventures are great. They essentially the way they work is that you 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 read the text and make decisions to progress through the game. Okay, and um, this is good for your English because you can practice your listening and reading, and there's bound to be some vocabulary that you can pick up too. All right, and now this works best if you can read the text that I'm reading too, either by visiting the Text Adventures website, and I'll give you a link in a moment or by watching the video version of this, because as I said, I'll be sharing my screen, so you'll be able to actually read the same text that I'm reading. And I'll give you some some more learning tips in a second, in terms of things you can do to help your English with this. 
Um, and as I've said, that as well as the audio version of this, there is a video version on YouTube, and that video will be available on the episode page uh, on my website, teacherluke.co.uk. Um, I'm, as I said, <laughs> I do repeat myself a lot. It's okay. Um, as I said, I'm sharing my screen so you can actually see the text that I'm reading. I'm currently reading some notes that I wrote on a Google document just earlier on. And uh, But if you're just listening, then I'll try to be clear and to explain things as I go. So this should also work as an audio episode. It's, it's not just going to work as a video episode. So textadventures.co.uk is the website. And I'm, today I'm going to be playing a game called Zombolocaust, which I guess is a sort of a portmanteau word between zombie and holocaust. So, but the zombie, zombolocaust, that's the name of the game. And this one is by Peter Carlson. And I've, I've done a few text adventures by Peter Carlson on this uh, podcast before. Long-term listeners might remember. Um, so there are a few previous episodes like this in the episode archive at teacherluke.co.uk. But this is the first time I'm actually doing a video where I'm sharing my screen at the same time. Um, So let's just have a quick look at my website. If you go into the episode archive at teacherluke.co.uk, just click on episodes, then you'll get the full list of all the episodes. And I think probably the best way for us to find the previous episodes like this would be to search for the word detective. Detective, because the other stories I've done in the past have all been detective uh, adventure stories, and so if we just scroll through, oh, a lot of scrolling, 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 scrolling. Uh, we've I've done so many episodes. So the first ones I did like this were, where are they? Um, episodes three hundred and thirty-eight and three hundred and thirty-nine. So that was a murder mystery detective story, another text adventure by Peter Carlson, parts one and two. And then um, then I did uh, another one of those with uh, my friends Amber and Paul. So we did um, another Victorian detective adventure story written by Peter Carlson, but we did it th- together, the three of us. And then sort of more recently, last year, I did um, another one, a, a third um, detective story by Peter Carlson, and that was episodes 614 and 613. The ones with Amber and Paul... Which numbers were they? A lot of scrolling going on here. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So that was um, the Amber Paul ones are f- episodes 425 and 426. So anyway, I've done a few of these before. The previous ones have all been sort of like Victorian detective mystery things, mystery games in a kind of Sherlock Holmes type world. But this time we're going to be trying to survive the zombie apocalypse. Hmm. um i know zombies there zombies are a little bit kind of 2015 aren't they i mean you know in terms of their popularity in in popular culture i feel like everyone got really into zombie stuff probably when the walking dead tv series was at its peak there was so much zombie stuff everywhere um but you know Zombies are always fun, aren't they? Uh, you know, zombies. So even though they're a bit, let's say, out of fashion now, it doesn't matter. They're still trying to get you. They're still trying to bite you and turn you into a zombie. They still want to eat your brains. Um, 
So Peter Carlson, I should just kind of give a shout out to Peter Carlson or at least sort of say hi or thanks. Peter Carlson actually emailed me once. This is after I did the first Victorian detective story that he wrote on the podcast. He he emailed me because he, I don't know how he found out that I did it, but he did. He emailed me and he said that it was okay for me to do more of his games on the podcast in the future. So nice one, Peter. Thanks for kind of um, giving me your blessing. Um, I do recommend that you play his games. They're, they're good fun. So I want to say something about COVID-19 at this point. Now, we're going to be doing a, we're going to try and survive a horrific pandemic in this game, but just for fun. But obviously, um, yeah, so we're going to try and survive a zombie apocalypse, but there is a real pandemic happening outside. Have you noticed? I don't know if you'd noticed that. So I just wanted to remind everyone to wash your hands wear a mask, be careful, good luck, we will get through this. The COVID-19 pandemic is serious, but we still have to have fun, don't we? And luckily, our current pandemic is not as bad as a zombie apocalypse. It's pretty bad, it's pretty serious, but it's not as bad as a zombie apocalypse. So there is some relief in that. Um, Okay, now there's the link for this game. You'll find this link on the website. You'll also find it in the um the notes for this youtube video um so there's the link and i'll I'll share that with you um so if you want to f- specifically find the game i'm doing then you can just click on that link um here are just a few little tips so he- here are ways that you can use this episode here is how you can use this episode these are your options okay so first option is that you could just listen and just try to understand and i'm assuming you're just listening to the audio so if you're just listening to the audio as normal, just just listen and just try to understand the story. Okay, I'll try to be clear. Okay, so that's the first one. Just treat this as a kind of a story, a zombie adventure story. Second option is that you could watch the video and read the text with me as I share my screen on YouTube. Your third option is that you just listen to the audio and you go to the textadventures.co.uk website and actually follow the story with me there. So you could be listening and actually reading the story on the website as well, if you want. Or you could just listen to the audio, like in option one, and then do the text adventure yourself later, which could be a really good way of reinforcing a lot of the language that uh, you're going to be hearing uh, in this episode. Okay, a few learning tips things you could do when you find new words or phrases. You could check those words and phrases in dictionaries online. For example, you could use collinsdictionary.com. Other dictionaries are available. I find that one to be a good one. Okay. Uh, Or you could just try to follow the story and work things out from context. So that's when you come across words or phrases. Just try to focus on understanding the story first and try to kind of just, just guess or work out what those new phrases and words might mean. And this is actually quite a good skill. It's a very important skill to to develop. Also, shadowing, you could uh, repeat after me. You could, you know, pause at some points or just um, rewind a little bit, just skip back a bit and just repeat certain bits after me with and without the text. Okay, but mainly just enjoy following the story with me. Now, this might be long. I don't know how long this is going to be. I've never played the story before. It could go on for quite some time, but I hope you enjoy it. Um, I might split this episode into into parts if it gets very long. 
Um, I am signed in to textadventures.co.uk. I've actually signed into the website, and that's good because that means I can save my progress. So, you know, if I need to stop and have lunch or something, I can just save my progress and then probably end the video and, and continue in, in the next part. And that's good for you too. You could sign in to textadventures.co.uk. Um, I'm not promoting them or anything. I'm just saying it's a good idea. It's free to set up an account there. And that means that you can also, if you're playing the game, you can also save your progress, uh, which can be quite uh, convenient. So let's actually get started then. And here we go, textadventures.co.uk. I'm now on the website and I'm on the page for Zombolocaust by Peter123. That's Peter Carlson. I mean, this this game is marked as horror, okay? So if you are sensitive to that sort of thing, then, you know, you might want to bear that in mind. Uh, there are some, if you're watching the video, you'll see that there are some hand-drawn pictures that accompany the text. I think these are drawn by Peter. And they're like little cartoons, so not too horrific or anything. Um, okay, so... The summary of the game is this. After spending two weeks in your room playing a video game, you return to society only to find society has fallen apart. And in the in the little comic, um, our character is surrounded by zombies in the little picture. He's surrounded by zombies. He's got a hammer in his hand and he's going, EGAD, which EGAD is not a phrase that I'm that familiar with. Um, I, I think it must be a... I guess it's an American thing. Uh, I think that um, Peter Carlson is American, so there'll be bits of American English in here too, which I'll, you know, attempt to convert to uh, British English. But EGAD, it's basically a version of Oh God. Okay? So instead of saying Oh God, it could just be EGAD. So it's used as a mild exclamation. I just quickly Googled that. I ended up on the free dictionary um, thefreedictionary.com. Not one of the dictionaries I usually use, but it's sometimes just a quick way of checking things. Okay, right. So let's get started. Let's play the game. Okay. So here we go. Zombolocaust. The end is pretty close by Peter Carlson. So here we go. We can see a picture, a hand-drawn picture of uh, our character playing a computer game in his apartment and we'll begin so you feel as though a great weight has been lifted off your shoulders as the credits to murder proof roll on your small tv screen okay so like you feel as though a great weight has been lifted off your shoulders oh what a relief as the credits to murder proof roll on your tv screen the credits roll you know at the end of a, a film or at the end of a tv show or the end of a computer game you get the credits which tell you you know, the names of the, the developers and the programmers and the producers and, and the actors and all that stuff. So the credits are rolling. This means that uh, we've just finished the computer game and um, the game is called Murder Proof. Okay, so he's like, oh, he's, he's relieved because he finally finished the game. Ever since the game came out two weeks ago, you've isolated yourself in your small basement apartment and devoted every waking hour to beating what critics are calling the most challenging and violent game of all time. Okay, so the game was released two weeks ago, and it's like that with computer games, isn't it? Sometimes you get completely 
immersed in it. You get locked into it completely and you end up spending all of your time just playing that game. And then when it's finally completed, you sort of emerge back into the world, blinking into the light. Um, and um, so that's what's happening here. Ever since the game came out, you've isolated yourself in your small basement apartment. So he hasn't seen anyone. He's been isolating. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? I don't know in your country at the moment if you're still in isolation or if there's still some kind of lockdown going on. Different countries, it's different. In the UK, there's still a very strict lockdown happening. Uh, In France, where I live, it's not as strict as the UK, so we're able to go outside and do things. And Anyway, but there were periods probably for most of us where we felt isolated where we had to self-isolate you know in order to try and control the spread of the virus but anyway this character has been isolating at home uh, and devoting every waking hour to beating what most critics are calling the most challenging and violent game of all time okay but he's completed it we've completed it and then it says you realize it's been two weeks um it's you realize it's been two weeks since you've seen sunlight So you haven't actually been outside for two weeks as you dig through empty bags of potato chips. So we, we, we're digging through trying to find some food. There are just empty bags of potato chips lying around potato chips in America. It were in, in the UK, we call potato chips crisps. Whereas in the United States, they call them potato chips. They're wrong. Of course. I'm joking. Uh, no so crisps we eat crisps in america they call them potato chips for us chips are the things that you have with your fish right fish and chips i guess in america they call them fries although for us fries we also have those they're thinner than chips right anyway you get the idea we've been eating nothing but crisps this whole time and he's hungry he's digging through bag empty bags of crisps all over the floor and then it says it's time to go out and get some food so we're going to go outside to try and get some food like a mole leaving the warmth and security of an underground lair a mole is an animal that is kind of i think they're blind or nearly blind and they dig under the ground and they create mole hills when they come up moles So, like a mole leaving the warmth and security of an underground lair, a lair would be a place where, I guess, the mole would live, you exit the cluttered room, like lots of stuff in the room, you exit the cluttered room and you wander through the empty hallway of the apartment building. Okay, let's continue. Now, it says, you see splashes of red on the walls of the hallway. What idiots spilled the red paint, you think? Oh, it's red paint, is it? Not blood then, just red paint. Okay. So you push the doors open and wander out into the eerily desolate streets. Eerily, that's the adverb. The adjective would be eerie. Okay. E-E-R-I-E. Eerie. And this means kind of weird and a little bit disturbing, strange, maybe a little bit scary. And eerie was definitely the word that... um, we we use to describe that feeling of um that that feeling of sort of quietness and during the lockdown right when everyone was staying in their homes and you know in quarantine to try and prevent the spread of the virus this is 
pretty much like a year ago, almost like last March or April, where I live. That's when everyone was was in confinement. And um, yeah, the streets were very, very empty and quiet. And it was eerie. It's like going out. What's happening? Where is everyone? Just like litter blowing through the streets. It was very, very eerie. So where were we? Um, You push the doors open and wander out into the eerily desolate streets. Desolate meaning empty with no life. Okay. So eerily, eerily desolate, strange, disturbing and empty uh, streets. Something doesn't feel right, but maybe it's just your diet of soda, chips and salsa finally kicking in. So, I mean, yeah, something feels weird, but maybe it's just that he's been eating badly. The grocery store is just around the corner. That's where we're going to get food. And you see two figures in the middle of the road, two people in the middle of the road. One is crouched over the other. So one of them is kind of like bending over the other one. And you're partially blinded by the unfamiliar light of the sun. You know, your eyes have not got used to the sun yet, so you're kind of blinded. But it looks like the men are covered in blood. So you're staring across the street like, "Uh, what's going on over there? They seem to be covered in blood. So what should we do, listeners, viewers? Shall we go and help them out or shall we go the other way? Well, we know, don't we, that this is a zombie apocalypse simulation. So um, going to help them out is probably not a very good idea. Now, I'm going to try and think like I'm the character, okay? I'm going to approach this like I don't know it's a zombie apocalypse. I'm going to approach this as I would if I was in this situation and I didn't know it was a zombie apocalypse. Now, if I don't know if I'm going to help them out. Maybe I'm checking out from a distance. If I saw that happening, the guy cr- crouched over another guy, I'd think, well, the guy's crouched over, so, you know, he seems to be okay. May- I'm, I'm going to go the other way. I'm just, I don't want to get involved at this moment. I'll go to the grocery store. I'll go to the shop, uh, buy some food. And if there's something still happening, then maybe I'll wander over and see what's going on. But at the moment, I'm going to go the other way. So I go the other way. Right. And I got a point there for being cautious. I got a point for cautiousness. And it says, you turn to leave... You're no doctor after all. It's like, yeah, I might not be able to help. As you're rounding the corner, meaning as you're going around the corner, the crouching man spins around and spots you. So the crouching man goes and spots me. His eyes green and mouth dripping with blood. Oh, dear. (laughs) Good thing I didn't go over to help him. There's a large X-shaped cut on his face. So on his face somewhere, there's a cut in the shape of an X. I wonder what happened. He hisses and leaves the motionless man on the street. He he hisses and leaves the motionless man in the street to pursue you. So he's basically decided, I'm going to go for this guy and I'm going to leave the guy I've been eating on the floor. And so he hisses and decides to chase after me. So what are we going to do? We've got two options. We can run or we can fight. Well, I'm obviously going to run. I think that's, you know, I, I don't think it's the cowardly move. Some people might be like, no, I'm going to fight. I'm no coward. I, I don't know. If I see a guy with green glowing eyes and blood all over his face and a cut and he appears to have just been eating a, another human, I would probably run. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to run. Okay. So it says you sprint away from the crazed man in panic, crying for help. 
all right, I'm crying for help. Help, help! As I run away. You regret not getting that gym membership a month back as exhaustion immediately kicks. I mean, it kicks in. So, oh, damn, why didn't I join that gym a month ago? I'm so unfit. (sighs) Up ahead, you see the door to Marvin's comic books is slightly ajar. So just up up ahead, we can see that there's a comic book store, Marvin's comic books, and the door is slightly open. The door is slightly ajar. Ajar means a little bit open. The door is ajar. How is the door ajar? Ajar. Not a jar, not like a, a, a glass container. No, 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 no. A jar, meaning one word, A-J-A-R. Uh, so the, the door for the comic book store, the comic book shop is slightly open. It's a jar. So whew, I think that's probably where we're going to go. The madman is gaining on you. So he's coming up behind us. So what should we do? Get into the comic book store or keep running? Well, I'm not very fit. You know, I didn't go to, I haven't been going to the gym so i'm in pretty bad shape so i think running is not an option i'm already exhausted i'm going to jump into the comic book store and see what we can do in there okay in we go you throw yourself through the door and quickly shut it behind you flipping the lock so i've locked the door the bloody faced man smashes up against the glass and bounces backwards forming a large spider web crack so I managed to get in the shop, I've closed the door, I've locked it, and <laughs> the let's call him a zombie. The zombie has smashed against the door to try and get me, hit the glass and bounced back, and the glass has cracked like a spider web. Oh dear. What am I gonna what am I gonna do now? So I've got two options. I can barricade the door with a bookshelf. I put a big bookshelf in front of the door to form a barrier to barricade the door, or run out the back. Mm. Now, in these situations, it seems to be a good idea to keep moving. But at the same time, that that glass is going to... I mean, I don't know what's out the back of this shop. I don't know what I will find out there, even if there's an exit that's open. I think it's probably a good idea to use the bookshelf to secure the door, because that glass is going to break. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to barricade the door with a bookshelf. So it says, you push a heavy bookshelf of comics up against the door, stopping the madman from breaking in. You can hear him furiously banging against the door. What kind of zombies are they in this story? Because there's, as far as I can tell, there are two types of zombie. There's the old-fashioned slow ones that kind of fall over and they take their time. And then there's the more modern version of the zombies, which um, are the ones that run and are a lot more physically capable they can kind of fight and they might even be a bit more intelligent so maybe we're dealing with those kinds of zombies anyway he's now banging against the door furiously and it says a steady moan emanates from the other room and you hear clumsy footsteps as someone rises a moan that's a noise like that kind of noise A steady moan emanates from the other room. So you can hear this noise coming from the other room and you hear clumsy footsteps, like someone like clumsily standing up. Ah, there's a zombie in the other room, isn't there? Okay, so what are we going to do? Are we going to... This is from the other room, not the back door, the other room. So are we going to hide behind the counter or go out of the back door? Well, 
first of all, we've got one zombie sm- trying to smash through the door, and there's another one who's just sort of waking up in the other room. I don't think it's a good idea to, to hide behind the counter. I'm going to get stuck, aren't I? I'm going to get trapped. So I'm going out the the back. Let's do that. So, with no time to lose, you make a break for the back exit. The door is heavy and turns slowly on its old hinges. Right, hinges are the metal bits that attach the door to the wall and the door is kind of old and opens slowly on its old hinges as a woman with green eyes emerges from the other room. So I'm like slowly opening the door on these old hinges and the the, the zombie in the other room is a woman and she's now coming out of the room. The madman smashes through the glass door and both crazies come at you. Oh God, right. So I've got both of them on, on my tail now. Finally, the door swings open. Finally, the door swings open and you slip out into the back alley. So an alley is a space between buildings, a kind of narrow space between buildings. Usually at one end of the alley, you have the street and at the the back end of the alley, you might have a dead end or a fence or maybe just a way to get through to the other street on the other side. And you might have bins in the alleyway and stuff like that. So we're in the back alley. You slam the door shut mere seconds before your pursuers crash up against it. So slam the door and then they slam against the door. So this is dramatic stuff. Let's continue. Uh, Okay, so you've... You finally have a minute to catch your breath <sighs> as you briskly jog through back alleys looking for normal people. So I'm kind of like looking for normal people. This is me looking for normal people as I briskly jog through back alleys. <laughs> Video viewers, I hope you're enjoying the physical uh, aspects to this episode. So finally I've got a minute to kind of catch my breath and jog through the back alleys look for normal people what's going on I stay in my room for two weeks and the world goes to hell something like that you wonder about the fate of people you know like oh what's happened to the people I know but it's not a long reflection but you don't think about it for a long time because you've always been sort of a loner I've always been a loner, someone who likes to spend time on their own. Not much family and not a lot of friends. There are really only a few people you care about in this world. So we've just got a few friends, really. A few people I care about. And so I've got options now. It says, find your best buddy, Woodrow, or look for your ex-girl, Zoe. So shall I go and find my best friend, whose name is Woodrow, or shall I find my ex-girlfriend, Zoe? All right. Hmm. I'm getting a sort of a Shaun of the Dead vibe from this. Shaun of the Dead is a film, English-British film, um, which is like a romantic comedy with zombies, and it's very good. I recommend it. And Hot Fuzz and also The World's End, both all three part of a trilogy of films called the Cornetto Trilogy. Anyway, check them out. They're good. So who should I go and find? My ex-girlfriend. Now, she is my ex-girlfriend. I don't know all the details of the breakup, but let's just say that we went our separate ways. I still care about her, but ultimately she's responsible for herself. 
and she's maybe she's with someone else now right we did go our separate ways we did break up so i'm going to go and find my best friend woodrow okay you give woodrow a call on your phone but there's no answer the walk to his house isn't very far you're careful to avoid other green-eyed freaks aka zombies as you dart between bushes and houses in Woodrow's suburban neighbourhood. So I'm sort of quickly moving between bushes and houses, finding bits of cover like a ninja flying through the suburban neighbourhood trying to find Woodrow's house. Many houses are boarded up. That means the windows and doors have been barricaded with wooden boards. You know, people have hammered wooden boards around the windows and doors to protect themselves from the outside world. Many houses have boarded up and have been tagged by graffiti. This has all happened in just two weeks. Finally, you reach Woodrow's house. But it seems like a mere shell of the home where you spent so many childhood afternoons. So a a shell, a mere shell, just, uh, you know what a shell is? It's like an empty container. So if something is the shell or the mere shell of something it used to be, then it means that it's it's nothing like it used to be. And in fact, it's much worse. It's kind of empty and lifeless. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, we spent many childhood afternoons there, but it's not like that anymore. It's all lifeless and desolate. You hear a commotion going on inside, a commotion, like a, a, a some kind of maybe noise or some disturbance happening inside and you peer through a shattered window you peer through you have a look through this broken bit of window and this is what we see there's a man and a woman standing over a beaten and bloodied man the beaten man has the same messy brown hair as woodrow so wait a minute there's a a beaten and bloodied man on the floor so he's covered in blood he's been beaten and he looks like our friend woodrow he's got the same color hair same kind of hair as woodrow and there's a man and woman standing over him so what's happened is this man have this man and woman just um attacked woodrow and beaten him up maybe they've maybe they broke into his home in order to steal things let's see what's happening food medicine and guns yells the woman as she delivers a strong kick to Woodrow. So she kicks Woodrow and says, food, medicine and guns. So yeah, they've come to loot Woodrow's house. They're trying to get food, medicine and guns. Where's the food, medicine and guns? Tell us or we'll throw you to the rotters and you'll get the green eyes too. So they're not calling them zombies. They're calling them rotters. So she's basically saying, give us all the food, medicine and guns or we will throw you to the zombies, to the rotters rotters she must mean those green-eyed freaks so what we're going to do charge in and save woodrow just burst through the door and charge in and just punch the two people or i don't know what attack them and just charge in and save him or do we sneak in and surprise woodrow's attackers charging in's not going to work there's aren't there's two of them and, um, you know, it's just not going to work, is it? What, what will happen? I'll charge in, I'll trip up or something, and I'll just fall flat on my face, and then they'll, they'll get me. That's obviously not going to work. 
So I think I'll sneak in and surprise them. I'm going to do it stealthily. I'm going to go for the stealth approach. I've got another point for that. A point for cautiousness, for being cautious and careful. So it says, you lurk around the back of the house and climb in through an open window. Careful to be quiet, you look for a weapon. So I've climbed into the house and now I'm looking for a weapon. You know where Woodrow's dad kept his tools? Tools, that would be things like hammers and screwdrivers and saws and whatever. You know where Woodrow's dad kept his tools? So you arm yourself with a large wrench. A wrench is like a, a spanner, a thing that you would use to, um, you know, to, to tighten or loosen nuts and bolts. So you've got a large wrench. They call it a wrench in, a, in, in America. In America, they call it a wrench. In, in Britain, we call it a spanner. Um, and we stealth your way over to the room where Woodrow is being beaten. So we're sneaking through to get into that room with this big spanner in my hand. You see the attackers talking to each other while standing over Woodrow's still body. So Woodrow's just uh, on the floor and they're just like having a chat. Oh, what should we do? Should we, uh, should we feed him to the zombies or you know, maybe we should search the house? <laughs> I don't know if they're doing it that casually. Oh, what should we do? Just, uh, should we just like, do you want a cup of tea? Or I don't think they'll be doing it like that. It's more like, right, what should we do with this fucker? Should we, where are the, where are the weapons? In a swift motion, you dart behind the man and strike him in the back of the head with the wrench. Bam! On the back of the head. He drops to the floor and the woman turns to you, knife in hand. So you've just gone up and whacked the guy on the back of the head and the woman just like, huh? Turns to you. She's got a knife in her hand. You parry her attack. So you kind of block her knife attack. Ping! And hit her across the hand. She howls in pain and falls backwards. Ah! Please don't hurt me. I, I, I give in. I give in. I give. I give. I mean, I give. This must be American English. In, in British English, it would be, I give in. I give in. She cries. So what are we going to do? We're going to leave her and help Woodrow or knock her unconscious? Now, obviously, if I leave her and help my friend, she's just going to stab me or attack me or jump on my back or kick me in the balls or something, right? We know in the zombie apocalypse, you've got to get ruthless. I think I'm going to knock her unconscious. I've got no choice. She's not friendly. She's obviously going to try and attack me. I know she said, I give in, I give in. But can you trust the, a person who's just been beating up your friend? I don't think so. I'm going to knock her unconscious. Normally wouldn't do that. That's not normally how I solve problems. Like, bam, there you go. That solves that problem. <laughs> That's not normally how I'd do it. But these are special times. And they need special measures. Extreme measures. Okay. Let's knock her unconscious. All right. Let me try that again. Right. The website's not responding. I'm going to save my progress. Let's try this again. Great. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to have to refresh the website here. I hope this doesn't completely ruin everything. We will see. Maybe I'll have to edit this out. Anyway, how are you getting on? Oh, host error. Great. This is good. So textadventures.co.uk has kind of failed. Okay, all right, it's loading again. I'll quickly flick through the, the options until we get to the spot where we 
where we got to yeah go the other way i'm gonna run away from the zombie i saw in the street take refuge in the comic book store um barricade the door with a bookshelf um go out of the back door continue i get into the alley find my best friend woodrow uh sneak into to surprise woodrow's attackers uh knock the woman unconscious okay oh dear i just oh no i got i think i got a point yeah i got a one i got one point for being aggressive so it says you ignore the woman's pleas like please please and hit her hard across the head oh god her body goes limp she'll feel that when she wakes up if she wakes up yeah her body goes limp Ugh, like that no no life in it i mean i expect she's unconscious maybe i've killed her i don't know oh god this is terrible you crouch down next to woodrow but his body is motionless you push him but get no response you're too late oh my god he's dead you turn over the body and wave a guilty hold on a minute you turn over the body so i've got to turn him over and a wave of guilty relief floods over you so a wave of relief of like ah oh, what a relief but it's guilty relief like ah oh, but you feel bad about being relieved why because it isn't woodrow at all just someone with similar hair they probably broke in to hide here when everything started falling apart so okay it's not woodrow but i've maybe i've killed a woman and i and maybe I killed a man as well when i hit him on the head this is a nightmare let's continue the glass patio door shatters as a rotter charges in so they're calling zombies rotters in this game oh dear the glass patio door that's the door to the back garden shatters and a rotter charges in eyes green and mouth dripping with blood oh great the front door boasts up the front door bursts open as well and you hear ominous growls from the other room oh no the house is surrounded they must have heard the commotion and swarmed right so there must be a swarm of zombies around the house one of them's already broken into the back and another one has broken into the front. Your exits are being quickly cut off. What am I going to do? My options are I can run upstairs. Um, I can go downstairs to the basement or I can fight through the rotters. Okay. Hmm. So fighting through the rotters is not an option, is, is it? I mean, this is only what you do at the absolute when you've got absolutely no other options, that's when you go into a group of zombies and hack your way through them. Because the chances are you're going to get bitten. So I'm definitely not going to do that. I've got other options. So I can either go upstairs or downstairs to the basement. I don't like the idea of going downstairs into the basement because basements are already quite dark and scary. But secondly, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to get trapped down there, aren't I? So going downstairs to the basement, not a good idea. I could go upstairs. There's probably going to be a zombie in the shower or something. Rotter, sorry. Um, and at least I can jump out of a window if I need to. Sure, I might break my legs. Depends. If I do one of those parkour rolls when I land, I should be okay. I'm going to run upstairs. Okay, so it says... 
You sprint up the familiar stairs of Woodrow's house as rotters are closing in on your heels. So they're basically getting very close to me. There are too many to fight. So you throw yourself through a window as the rotters grab at your feet. So they're literally right behind me. I've leapt through a window to escape. You're cut by a shower of shattered glass as you tumble into Woodrow's front lawn. So I've just leapt through a a window and landed on the front garden of Woodrow's house. Pretty cool. (laughs) You wince in pain and grip your ankle. You wince in pain. It's like, like make a face. You you know, the sort of face that you make when you're experiencing pain. And you grab your ankle. You twisted it on landing. So as I landed, I twisted my ankle and you're having trouble running. So I'm kind of limping, limping, ow, ow, ow. More rotters start running around the house towards you and you try desperately to limp away, but you're soon tackled to the ground. Oh no. And you're torn apart by a swarm of rotters. I'm dead. I died. Well, that's that then. (laughs) That's the end of that. No, it's not. I'm going to go back to the checkpoint. Um, Let's see. Let's see. I'm going to surprise Woodrow's attackers again. I'm going to knock the woman unconscious again. And I'm going to continue. Now, the rotters have broken in. What am I going to do? Run upstairs or go downstairs to the basement or fight through them? Let's go to the basement this time. Okay, so it says, you you make a break for the basement door. Like, okay, run towards the basement door. The musty smell is familiar. Musty smell, like smell of sort of like damp or uh, earth or wood, kind of the musty smell that you get in a basement. The musty smell is familiar. And you remember countless games of hide and seek that you've had there. Okay, so I know this basement quite well because I used to play here as a child, playing hide and seek. The rotters are hot on your heels as you run into Woodrow's dad's old office and throw the door closed. Okay, so it's Woodrow's dad's old office, and I'm running and close the door. The sound of fingernails against wood fill your ears as the rotters begin slowly tearing down the door. So they're actually, with their bare fingers, they are kind of scratching the door and pulling the door down. You climb up, on Woodrow's dad's old desk and push open the basement window. Okay, so there is a window, I guess, onto the street. You crawl out onto the lawn as the rotters rip the door of the hinges. So that should be as the rotters rip the door off the hinges and rush in. They miss you by seconds as you roll out into the yard and get up into a sprint. So, of course, my mistake before was that um, I jumped out of the window and that's kind of dangerous, isn't it? I thought I'd be cool and like a sort of parkour stuntman or something, but no, I I injured my ankle, which put me at a huge disadvantage. I wasn't able to escape from the the zombies or rotters or whatever you call them. But this time I crawled out of the window, so I didn't injure myself. So maybe I'm in a better position now. Maybe I'll survive it this time. Rotters begin tailing you down the street. They're following you. As you furiously pump your arms and legs... You know, when you have to run really fast. Up ahead, you see the old movie theatre. Okay, so the old cinema is up there. What am I going to do? Keep running or 
take refuge in the theatre. Again, just the choice between running and hiding in a building. Hiding in a building. Hmm. An old theatre, an old cinema. Is that going to be a good place to hide? Cinemas often have sort of balconies at the top where maybe the zombies won't be able to get to. I'm going to go to the cinema. I haven't, to be honest, I haven't been to the cinema since the coronavirus pandemic started. So I'd quite like to just go to a cinema. I don't know if they're going to be playing any films. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, oh, zombies, let's watch a film. Just calm down. Let's watch Star Wars. The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, no. Is that the only Star Wars film they've got? Anyway, let's see. You run into the old... Th- you run up to the old theatre and see the front doors are locked tight. Right? So, they're locked. You shove them and slam against them, crying for help. Help! A woman appears in the ticket booth behind the thick glass window. You know, outside cinemas, you get a thick glass window, the ticket booth. That's where you buy your tickets and stuff. So, a woman appears there. She has wavy red hair and green eyes. Not pure green like the rotters, but emerald rings of hue, hue is colour, wrapped, wrap, wrapping around her pupils. She sounds nice, sounds attractive. Hmm. Wavy red hair and green eyes. Get out of here, she hisses. You'll bring the rotters right to us. So she's like, go away, or you'll bring zombies here. So what, what am I going to say to her? Am I going to say, let me in, please? Or, let me in, I have food. Not actually true, I think. Let me in, I know the cure. Also not not true. Or just abandon the theatre and run. Well, I'm not going to abandon the theatre because I think that the story is trying to tell me that this girl is is nice. Is is there a better word that you could use? She's, She's too attractive for me to run away. And anyway, you know, we've got to try and stick together, haven't we? All right, so what am I going to say? Let me in, please. Is that going to be enough? Do you think it's worth lying? I don't think I can say that I have the cure, but I can say that I have food. If I get, if, the, the, if she says, all right, you've got food. Okay, come in quick. And then, I, and then I get in and she's, right, where's the food? We're all hungry. I don't know. There may be more of them. Well, come on, where's the food? I'm really hungry. And he said, like, uh, actually, I don't have food. She's probably going to want to elbow me in the, in the, in the, face isn't she not a very good start to a relationship um hmm. okay i'm gonna just say let me in please she's probably gonna say no and then i'll get killed by zombies okay i'm gonna have to lie i'm gonna say i've got food okay let me in i have food i say the girl eyes you suspiciously she's like hmm where she says it's not like it's not like you to have a backpack or anything how does she know if I have a... Oh, no, no. It's not like you have a backpack or anything. So uh, she's, she's saying you don't have a backpack. What do you What do you have? A pocket full of trail mix or something? Get lost. So she's like, you don't have food. You've got no backpack. What have you got? Just like a pocket full of nuts and berries? Trail mix. You know, nuts and dried fruit. Someone calls to her from inside the theatre. Alison, what is it? Who is it? Who is that? There's someone else in there. A man enters the ticket booth with Alison and looks at you. 
The rotters are getting closer. Oh, no. This is bad for two reasons. One, the rotters are getting closer. And two, she's with some bloke, some other bloke. There go my chances, potentially. Because, you know, I'm thinking the only chance I'm going to have with this girl is if we're the last two people left on Earth, right? Maybe that's inappropriate of me to, maybe that's unbecoming of me and inappropriate of me to be thinking along those lines. But let's say this character is just a 20-something man and his hormones are still raging. He's not got himself under control yet. Unlike me, of course, as a grown adult who's under control. What are you talking about, Luke? I don't know. Let's continue the story. So uh, the man says, and the girl says, no, the man says, we can't just leave him out here, Alison. Oh, that's nice of him. He rushes around the ticket booth to open the door and you hear the lock click. The door is pulled open and you dart inside. A lot of darting in this story. You dart inside moments before the rotters reach you. The man slams the door shut, locking the rotters out. You can hear them clawing at the heavy door. So they're scratching the door. Are you all right? Says the man. My name's Jason. Nice one, Jason. He sounds like a decent bloke. Thanks a lot, Jason. Thanks for letting me in. And um, so are you all right? Now, what do I say? Am I going to say, I've got two options. I can say, your friend just tried to kill me. That Alison, she didn't want to let me in. Or I'm going to say, I'm okay, thanks, Jason. I think I'm going to say, I'm okay, thanks, Jason. Because, you know, I'm going to let it go. And I'm say, I'm okay, thanks. I'm glad to hear that, says Jason. He looks over to Alison, judging and disappointed. So Jason's looking at Alison like, oh, you unbelievable. You would have let this guy just die outside the theatre. Huh? So he's judging and disappointed. Alison shows little remorse. So Alison doesn't seem to be very remorseful. She's like, yeah, whatever. She doesn't seem to have any guilt or remorse. Who is this Alison? Jason seems like a nice bloke. Follow me, says Jason. I'll show you what we've got going on here. So they've got something going on. Like they've probably got maybe some protection. Maybe they've got a little uh, shelter or something like that. Jason gestures for you to follow him into the theatre. Okay, what have they got going on in the theatre? Maybe they've got a little barbecue, you know, guns, cinema projection. That could be good. Running water, toilets, everything you need. Maybe I'm being a bit hopeful. Jason shows you around the old theatre. There are about a dozen people sitting around. A dozen, this is about 12 people sitting around, playing with cards or eating granola bars. So they've got food, they've got cards, they've got entertainment. There are young and old, but they all have a similar look of exhaustion and sadness. So they're all like, uh, uh, play cards, um, sadly and exhaustedly eating a granola bar. Uh. We've been hiding out here for about a week, says Jason. We're always short on food, water and medicine. And you feel like saying, well, maybe you should tell your people to stop eating those granola bars all the time. They're just like nom, nom, eating cards, playing, eating cards and playing granola bars. No, eating granola bars and playing cards. So slow down on the granola bars. 
Anyway, we're always short on food, water and medicine. Feel free to socialise with your fellow survivors. Sometimes just talking to someone is a great medicine. It builds hope. Also, if you could go out and collect some supplies, it would be appreciated. Okay, so I'm going to, I've joined this little community. And they seem like decent people, except maybe for Alison, who I'm not sure about, even though she does have lovely uh, red hair and green eyes. So what am I going to do? Socialise or go and help find supplies? Well, I would socialise if I felt I needed to feel better. I'm not that distressed. I mean, I'm okay. I'm, I'm in fairly good shape. I would socialise in order to like feel better, but I feel okay. I think what I should do is go and help to find supplies in order to make a good impression on this little community. And also I want to help and I'm, I need some supplies myself. I'm going to go and find supplies. I hope this is the right idea. So Jason is the leader of the group of survivors in the theatre and he puts you with Alison to go and get food. Oh, great. So I'm going to go with Alison to go and get food and medicine for their small society. Together, you sneak out the back of the theatre and carefully travel through rotter-infested streets. So we are, like, sneaking around, avoiding these rotter zombie things with Alison. How's this going to turn out? Is Alison going to... going to? Is she going to get me killed? Or is she going to get me laid? <laughs> okay get killed maybe is the better option i don't don't know uh just because of that terrible joke so i'll be like sorry alison i made a bad joke i'm just going to wander into some zombies and you just wander into them sorry about the joke this is for the best anyway alison leads you to mundo trove the local superstore you sneak past a group of rotters pacing around outside. So the rotters outside and I sneak past them. I'm pretty uh, light on my feet and start looking for the pharmacy and non-perishable food sections. Non-perishable food. This would be like tinned food, food that doesn't go off or doesn't go rotten easily. All right. So I'm looking for decent food and, and medicine from the pharmacy. Most of the supplies has, that should be have, right? Most of the supplies have, is it, anyway, most of the supplies, I would say most of the supplies have already been taken by people fleeing the city. Not much stuff left. You hear muffled conversation from the other side of the store. So like, (laughs) other people are talking on the other side of the store. And you peek through the shelves to see four people talking with each other. They are fellow looters gathering cans of food. Looters are people who break into buildings and steal stuff. Like maybe during a riot, people who break into a shop and steal things. Or in a zombie apocalypse, people who break into supermarkets and steal food and medicine. These are looters, looting. So there's four fellow looters in there, gathering cans of food. Alison has been rather cold to you the entire trip, clearly uneasy and not trusting. But she turns to you for for your opinion. What do you think we should do? We don't know these people, but they might be friendly, says Alison. So what are we going to do? Negotiate with them, avoid them and that part of the store, attack them or lure rotters into the store as a distraction. 
Negotiating with them could be very risky because there's four of them. There's only two of us. And I'm not even sure I can trust Alison anyway. Um, Avoid them and that part of the store. This is probably a good idea. It's best to just keep a low profile. Attack them. Again, there's more of them than there is of us. So that wouldn't work. Lure rotters into the store as a distraction. That seems unnecessarily risky. Why should we attract zombies into the store to work as a distraction that's just going to be incredibly dangerous and we'll probably end up being bitten so i think that avoiding them and that part of the store is the best idea this is the stealthy option again yeah we've got a point for being cautious again cautiousness point you and alison avoid that part of the store you don't want to risk interacting with hostile survivors the world is too dangerous to be trusting everyone most of the supplies have been looted, but you managed to scrap together a few packets of hard noodles, a gallon of water and a can of food. OK, not bad. Alison finds half of a first aid kit. So it's maybe some plasters, bandages, maybe some antiseptic cream or something. You leave the store a bit disappointed with your find. So, OK, we didn't get as much as we could have done. Just a few packets of dried noodles, some water and a few bits of medical equipment. Not really very good, but, you know, we're still alive. Let's continue. Back at the theatre, you're greeted by Jason. Nice work. I think Jason's going to be this kind of guy, okay? Nice work, he says, as he stocks the food and supplies. You relax for a moment before an old, white-haired man walks over to you. So I'm relaxing, and then an old man with white hair walks over to me. Now, Damien, my name's Damien, says the man, as he extends a hand to shake. I think you're a great addition to this community, he says. There's something about you that I trust. He sits closer to you so others can't overhear. But the problem is, Jason refuses to acknowledge the reason this apocalypse began, and the way we can reverse it. Huh? Jason refuses to acknowledge the reason this apocalypse began. So they seem to know why the apocalypse started and Jason doesn't want to admit it. He doesn't want to accept the real reason the apocalypse began and the way we can reverse it. All right, this is interesting. That catches your attention. It's really, it's obvious, really, says the man. The dead are living again. And this is our only way to stop them. The man holds up an old leather-bound Bible. He's got an old leather Bible in his hand. Revelation 9, um, is it Revelation chapter 9, verse 6? And in those days, people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. And the old man says, we have to pray to our saviour, says the man. God is punishing us for our sins. Okay. So we've got two options. Option one is to pray. Pray to God. Pray to Jesus. Or to say, old man, praying won't work. That book won't save your life. Now, the thing is, right, I don't want to upset anyone. I don't want to upset like the people in the room. 
Um, but I, I personally believe that praying is not going to stop a zombie. Uh, 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 you see? Um, <laughs> so I think that... And maybe I'd pray anyway just to make him feel good. Like, okay, old man, okay, I'll pray. <laughs> okay, maybe I'd pray anyway. Or if I say, look, praying won't work, that book won't save your life, that's going to upset him. He's going to be like, oh, you know, uh, non-believer. Maybe he'll hit me with a Bible. Not that Christians do that, do they? They don't hit people with Bibles. No, 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 no. But maybe he just wouldn't like it. And then he'd say, oh, this man is a non-believer. And the other people would be like, we're all Christians here. We're going to throw you out. To the- I don't know. Maybe they would. It's probably diplomatically wise to pray with him. Okay, old man, I'll pray with you just to make everyone feel better. I'm going to do that, even though I personally, I am not a Christian. Okay, so I'm praying. Praying. And then my options are keep praying or stop praying. Hmm. Well, I don't want to overdo it. I'm not going to pray too much. I'm like, dear God, please stop the zombies. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Okay, did my bit. I'm going to stop praying now. Okay. So you stand. Stand up. And Damien thanks you. Thank you. And continues praying on his own. You can see he's happy and his hope is being restored. You see, job done. That's what I thought. I thought, okay, old man, I'll pray with you. No need to have some religious theological argument now. Now is not the time. I'll just pray and it seems to have worked. Okay, good. Let's continue. Listeners, viewers, I don't know how long this story is going to continue. Okay? And I'm getting hungry. So we may pause soon, but not yet. Okay? Remember, you've always got the option to hit that pause button Especially if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast using your podcast app of choice, the app will remember where you were. If you're watching this on YouTube and you're signed into YouTube, it should also remember where you were. But in any case, we will pause soon and I'll probably stop the video and start again for part two of this. But what we're going to do is we're going to find a cliffhanger moment where we'll pause. I'm going to just save my progress there in textadventures.co.uk. I don't know if that's working, actually. Anyway, so let's continue. You're chatting with other survivors when you see a commotion in the corner of the theatre. Another commotion, like people, like maybe some argument, maybe people moving around or something. What's going on? Alison is screaming at a woman and Jason is trying to pull them apart. So Alison, ah! This Alison's a bit of a troublemaker, isn't she? Ah, she's screaming with someone and Jason's like trying to pull them apart. Stop fighting. Stop it. We can't let her stay here. Ja- uh, no, this is Alison. We can't let her stay here, Jason, cries Alison. She's been bitten. No, I haven't, shouts the woman. Her arm is bloody and bandaged. I tripped and, and cut my arm. That's all. You have to trust me. So Alison and a woman are arguing. Alison is saying, this woman's been bitten. And the woman is saying, no, I just tripped over and cut my arm. Honestly, I haven't been bitten. Now, we know, don't we, that if you get one person who's been bitten in your community, it's just game over. There's not really much you can do. It's terrible. You know, you might have to kill that person so that they don't turn into a zombie or at least 
say the things you need to say to the person, you know, to to put them in in a you know, I don't know what you could say your final words to this person, but ultimately it's not going to end well. And if you unless you want a zombie on your hands, you're going to have to blow them away. Sorry, old lady. I don't know if it's an old lady. Sorry, lady of a non-specific age. Bang. Or, <clears throat> or I don't know. <laughs> you know, you can choose. You, you know, you have to destroy the brain or remove the head, I think. Those are the rules in zombie films and stuff. Anyway, so. Um, Jason says this. We're letting her stay, Alison, says Jason. This community is built on trust. If we don't have trust, we have nothing. Bit, bit naive, Jason. I think you're being a bit naive there. So what are we going to do? Are we going to kick her out or are we going to trust her and let her stay? This is a tough one. Has she been bitten? Well, I think we need to check to see if she's been bitten, surely. But she, yeah, she has got a cut, but is it a bite or is it that she fell over? Is it a scratch or is it a bite? Hmm. Okay, this is where we're going to stop the video and the audio. We're going to stop here. Let's see. If we kick her out, then we've just thrown an innocent woman into the street where she's surely going to be bitten and eaten by zombies or rotters, as they call them here. That would be terrible. But if we trust her and let her stay and it turns out that she has been bitten, then it could be game over for all of us. What should I do, viewers and listeners? Well, you're going to have to find out in the next part of this, which will be coming soon. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I hope you've been, hope you've been enjoying this. But I'm now going to stop the recording. And I'm going to go and eat my lunch because, you know, green-eyed, flesh-eating zombies gives me an appetite. Gives green-eyed, flesh-eating zombies give me an appetite. Well, I mean, the topic of green-eyed, flesh-eating zombies, this topic, talking about this, gives me an appetite. So I'm going to go and eat uh, some some um, a bit of human flesh, I think. Not really. Okay, that's it. I will speak to you again in part two of this, which should be available very soon, maybe even now. So check that out. All right. Nice one. Okay. So speak to you in the next part. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project 
possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.